<laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Biff Pal Bam. As always, I'm your host Paul, and joining me tonight is Mr. Tony Bufton. Yo. And the return of Mr. Josh Riley. I've been far from home, and now I'm back, boys. <laughs> back. Well, a little bit away from home. I've been far from home. Come on. <laughs> Just across a little bit of water. Across the pond. You're closer than we are. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you can just swim across. I, I, I tell you what, I could jump in the Mersey and swim and hit <laughs> Ireland and then run across Ireland or swing across Ireland, depending on how many buildings I can get it get on. And then I'd jump in the water again and swim. So we are back, as we said we would be. Obviously, Josh missed last month's episode because he was away. Um but we just kind of had a conflab about things, didn't we, Tony? It was more of a yeah. jibber-jabber chat than anything. Um, but we did say, and we have been threatening to do this for a couple of months now, our roundup of the, the Netflix Marvel shows. They've, they've come to an end. Um, and I think we're all, we can all safely say we're sad to see them go. Um, yeah. It was mainly the reason why we started this show, was due to them. Um, and obviously the films as well, but I think we we certainly settled on those Netflix shows for for a good year that we were discussing them, had guests from them on the show, and we were very lucky to to get a couple of couple of the actors, main cast members from from two of the shows. So yeah. it is really sad it's to see them up. see them go. Um, hopefully something may come of them somewhere down the line. I know I mentioned to you guys a couple of days ago that. Um, Two of the showrunners, the ex-showrunners on Daredevil, uh, Stephen Deny and um, I can't remember his first name. I think it's Eric Olson, um, who showrun the last last year on on Daredevil. Actually, bought the costumes, uh, both the black one and the and the red one. Um, so they're now yep. they have been saved. They will be kept by cool. the showrunners. Um, so hopefully, something might come of of the fact that they've they've bought those up. Um, yeah, and we also had the interesting comments this week from Disney's Marvel that they were kind of caught cold by the Netflix decision. Yeah, so. mm. yeah, and it, it seems strange because a lot of the shows are going away now. Uh, Agents mm. of Shield now being confirmed that that's that's done. It's got one more Thank one God. more season, um, which leaves very few shows being produced by the TV side. Obviously, it leaves us with Cloak and Dagger and Runaways. Uh, and the two new ones that are coming, which has been confirmed as as a whole whole spin off now, um, under a different banner. I don't know whether you oh. guys saw that. Ah, nice one. Yeah. Um I don't think I saw this. Yeah, it's, it's something about fear, I think it was, oh. it was titled. Uh not fear itself, which is a shame because that was a great set of comics um a few years back. But um yeah, that, they seem to be, that's going to expand. And it has been confirmed that Marvel TV are now producing something for, for Disney Plus. Uh, oh. That isn't linked to what we already know from the studio. So that should be interesting. Plus, there's a, a replacement on ABC for, for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that's been confirmed as well, but no details on what they are yet. Um, I'm sure we'll find out when I, once Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is done, or possibly even in the next couple of weeks at D23. Um, 
I'm sure we'll find out a lot more about the other TV stuff that we already know about. I'm sure some of the, the blanks will be filled in over the next few weeks. So, very interesting. Um, and I suppose the other thing we have to talk about, that I know Tony and I spoke about uh, Burt Ward being in Crisis on Infinite Earths. We can now confirm that Kevin Conroy will be making an appearance as Bruce Wayne. Mm. Oi, oi. Uh, which should be interesting. Um, considering he's never played a live action version of him. No. Um, <clears throat> Honest to God, if, he, if he plays the version of Bruce Wayne from Batman Beyond, I will be so happy. Well, that's, that's the rumour that's possibly he's going to end up. Yeah coming in and helping Kate in Batwoman uh, well, somewhere down the line. That's the, that's the thing I've I've always wanted to see. If they ever did a Batman Beyond live action, they either have Kevin Conroy in the TV universe, because that just fits, let's be honest, yeah. or if they do a film version, get Michael Keaton. Yeah, it, I've always plugged that Michael Keaton thing. I know both me and Tony are massive fans of the Michael Keaton Batman movies. Yeah, that, and to be honest, I know like the age I am, I should probably be a Christian Bale slash Ben Affleck fan, but <laughs> Michael Keaton was my first Batman. And it's 30 years. Exactly. Year, since the first one. And at that point, I can say that the next film on After Dark at the Movies over on the Patreon um, site, if you're a Patreon of the, the After Dark Network, that will be our next movie review. We will be reviewing Batman 89 um, for, <laughs> for Patreon. So I'll be watching, re-watching that again. Uh, I haven't seen it in a while, um, but I'll be re-watching that for the, the review. Uh, looking forward to talking about that one. Again, it's been a long time. Uh, so, yeah. Are you doing it as, as a commentary like we did for Iron Man? Or? No, we we kind of pick out our points. So we we watch it and we'll we'll take notes and pick out points, what we think is good about the film and, and what we think is bad. Um, so like we did, we've just done Jaws. And I, I kind well, of picked we kind of picked out some of the bad bits, like uh, the opening scene's too dark, the first kill's kind of a bit meh. Um, but then you talk about the good bits when it it ramps up when they're on the boat and things like that. So that that's the kind of thing we do. We kind of pick it apart more than more than talk about what's on the screen. Um, yeah. and just go through some kind of little facts and figures about things, so box office and and stuff like that. So yeah, if you're interested, uh, yeah, go and go and check out the After Dark Patreon account. So it's the After Dark Podcast Network over on Patreon.com. Um, just a, a donation of a dollar will get you access to these shows. Um, dollar a month—that's all it costs. Um, so yeah, go and check that out. That was a, a good little plug there for the network. <laughs> <laughs> So might have to go check it out, George. Gotta get the plug. Yeah, always got a Just plug. Not a plug, plug. Yeah, that's when Craig's here. But Craig is Craig is far from home at the moment. Um, he's over over in Orlando at the moment, and we'll be back there again in six weeks with myself. <laughs> um, so and our dear Nicholas Branch will be there as well, um, former guest of this show and head honcho. Good old Nicky boy. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm flying out with Nick. Um, Craig's flying out with his pal Stuart, um, and we're gonna we're gonna meet out there and do Halloween Horror Nights. Brilliant. And Galaxy's Edge. Nice. Awesome. Uh, awesome thoughts. So yeah, 
that's that's six weeks. In fact, we fly out six weeks today that we're recording on. So, looking forward to that. Getting a bit of sun in the the Orlando air. So, so Get a yeah, bit of tan on your big ale. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it. So, as I said, we are gonna. We're not gonna review what we what we've seen on the Netflix shows. I think we've done that over the over the last couple of years. Um, yeah. I don't think we need to do that. So what I am going to do is I'm just going to do a quick fire um, question and answer session to these these two that had no idea what I was going to do. Didn't tell them. Um, just to oh, basically. This is, so, this is very surprising, Paul. Very yes. surprising. Yes. Um, so just <laughs> some best and worst questions, really, um, from the five shows that we got from from Netflix and Marvel. Um, just some really basic answers. Just a, basically just a quick, quick fire show tonight. Um, I know people, some people prefer longer shows, some people prefer shorter shows. So we're going to give you both at times. Um, so this one's going to be a, a shorter one and, and a very quick fire show. So first question, pretty simple one. Best of the five leads. Josh, go. Uh, Charlie Cox, Daredevil. It's just a simple answer. I mean, don't get me wrong. Jessica Jones is a fantastic show in its own right, but Daredevil just came out of the gate running, sprinting. Just it was so good. Every I was in 2015, year 11, 50th seniors when this show came out, and it was. All anyone was talking about around my birthday, because it came out about my sixteenth uh, birthday, and it was all any of my mates were talking about saying, "Have you seen it? Have you seen it? It's brilliant!" Like it could rival uh, Arrow and all that, because at the time those shows on uh, the CW were flying out of the gate, and they were brilliant in content as well. So the, the fact that they were saying it could rival um, the DC shows is a testament to how good it was, to be honest. Yeah. And just Charlie Cox made it for me. Tony? Yeah, same, Charlie Cox. That's it, that's that's a short version, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I went on a rant, sorry. Yeah. I just loved it, that was so much. Yeah, and I'm going the, the opposite end of the scale. I'm going for the last show that was produced, and that I'm going with Johnny Bernthal. Oh, just yeah. thought he completely uh, blew everything out of the water with that performance. Yeah. He he deserved for me he deserved an Emmy for portraying the violence from from one scene being absolutely off it and just just being nothing there to the scenes when he's he's thinking about his wife and and things like that yeah. and and with Karen. Um, he was off his cake sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and it just <laughs> he just sells it for me. Uh, to be able to go from one extreme to the other. Um. Well, see, the, th- the thing, th- this is just going back to Charlie Cox, the fact that basically he had never played a blind guy before and just turned up to the audition and went, oh, hang on, he's supposed to be blind and just winged it. Yeah. I mean, come on. Do you know winged the, being a blind man. The weird thing is now I look at him and it, it looks like it's affected him. He yeah. Do- he doesn't seem like his his eyes focus properly anymore. No, it's freaky. And I do wonder whether it did have mm. some effect on him over the, the what, 
four or five years that he's played him. Because um, I guess he's effectively been staring into the distance all the time he's been playing that yeah. role. Yeah. So. And certainly when, when mm. we met him, he was, it did feel like there was a, a little bit of something that had affected him over, over the years. Mm-hmm. So. Mm, interesting. So, right. Best supporting cast member. Tony, you take a first. Oh. No, go on. I took the first. Oh, you get? I was just putting up my IMDb then. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to go with Jessica Hamwick. Okay, reasons? Just because she just was interesting to watch. She's funny, smart mouth, wisecracking. Um. But also measured at times as well. I thought she was a great foil in Iron Fist. Um, yeah, and just really, really lovely character. Great performance. Yeah. Okay, Josh. Deborah Amwell. Just, just because of the the journey that Karen goes on through all the shows, not just Daredevil. Mm. She goes through. She goes through a shitstorm, to be honest. But she she comes out the other side stronger for it. I think it's a brilliant. Portrayal for like, like we have all this thing nowadays of like, uh, characters for young girls to aspire to, things like that. And I think she's one of them perfect characters because you like, you can go through something so traumatic. Like she starts off with, was it, was it a boyfriend or a husband? And she got framed for it basically. And she goes through all this awful stuff and comes out the other side such like a bright and strong woman. I just think it was brilliant for her. Now, I, up until the final season of Jessica Jones, I probably would have said Carrie Ann Moss. Yeah. But I Mm. felt the character dived pretty quickly in this final season. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I guess she became less interested, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't really care, to be honest. Yeah, it just, that storyline just absolutely fell apart. Um, that one minute she was so desperate because she was ill, and then the next she's back to manipulating like she normally would. Mm. It just, just too quick of a change. It was on a dime, basically, that she went from being this person that kind of felt that her life was done and that she was, she had to change, um, to get through it to then revert back to how she was yeah. three seasons ago. No, you're right. I mean, if Jessica Jones didn't have a series three, then I definitely say yes. She, yeah. Because the first yeah. two years, yeah. plus her cameos, she's fantastic. Yeah. But they didn't give her a lot of meat in that third yeah. series. So on that point, I am going to have to agree with Josh. I think Deborah Ann Wall, um, over the space and having been in all, more or less all the series, um, at some point, um, I don't think you can look much further than her for for having a, a solid storyline all the way through. Mm. It's, yeah, it's it, as I say, it's been a, it's got a definitive beginning, middle, and end for her character. Obviously, not an end in the sense of she dies in any way or she goes off in the distance in the sunset, but as a character arc kind of thing, it's brilliant. Yeah, I think across the shows as a whole, to their credit. They gave the actresses at times some really good, meaty, weighty stuff to do. Yeah. And all credit to 
to Marvel for doing that. There's some fantastic moments that they all got across. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of them, um, is it Jessica Strop in uh, Iron Fist as well? Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't mind Ted, he just wants a poo. <laughs> uh, she had some interesting stuff to do in Iron Fist, I thought. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned Carrie Moss, Jessica Henwick. They, yeah, across yeah. all the shows. Um, actress who played uh, Misty. Yeah. Just, and it was nice to see the women come out and get some really good stuff and, and standing up and coming to the plate and giving us some great stuff. Get a shoe, get a shoe and throw it. <laughs> dog, dog violence in the podcast. Live podcast. Oh, no, it's not dog out. violence, it's door violence. <clears throat> So to give it to the doors, you know, they need to know their place. <laughs> so, and this isn't aimed at just... with that wood, I hit them back with my wood. <laughs> so, this isn't, I'm not, not pinning on one actor or actress or, or the leads or anything, but for you, who was the worst character? The least interesting character, should I say? Ooh. Uh... The second, oh. I'll tell you something straight to mind, is the second villain in um, Luke Cage that replaced Cottlemouth. Oh, Diamondback? Yeah, yeah. Diamondback. Yeah, oh, yeah, Jesus Christ. No, I've got one worse. What is the name, what's her name? The sister in Iron Fist. The daughter. <laughs> she literally does nothing for 13 episodes. She's in it maybe for five minutes. Oh, yeah. You I suddenly I mean? just mentioned Je- Jessica Strop played off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, do you know? Oh, Joy. Yeah. That's it. That's Joy. it. Joy Meacham. That's it. Um, the the one scene I can remember is that you saw in a couple of M&Ms. That's mm. it. That's all I can remember of it. That's interesting. Because, no, I like the stuff she did. I actually thought she was giving some interesting stuff to do. Um, bought the fucking ass off me. <laughs> uh, for me, and people are going to hate me for this, Electra. Really? <laughs> she just absolutely mm. killed that second season for me and completely put me off. So much that I didn't watch Daredevil straight away. Oh. With that and her performance in Defenders as well, I was just like, no, I'm, oh, yeah, I'll give, I'm done. Yeah, I'll give you it in Defenders. I'll give you it in Defenders. And that, that right. in fact, she didn't really serve a lot of purpose in Defenders, I didn't think, no. in the end. It was just no, just, no. Well, there wasn't... It's like you're bringing her back. The, the villains were mm. just a bit pathetic, and, and that brings up another one that I thought was pretty insignificant, was Sigourney Weaver. Mm. After all the fuss that was made about her being in it. Yeah, yeah. It was that, pretty that's, pathetic. That's the most uh, letdown. That's the biggest letdown of the entire Netflix stuff. They cast Sigourney Weaver as a main villain for the big team up, and then she does fuck all. Yeah. Yeah, wasted, wasn't she, really? Yeah. So I I would probably pick that that team up of Electra and and her Mm. as absolutely just killed my interest in those those two shows. Um, Sadly, um, Sigourney... Obviously, has a great career, um, and will continue to put in great performances. But that character just was a bit of a wet blanket in the end. Oh yeah, uh, and Electra just annoyed me. 
<laughs> she just spent most of her time moaning. Moaning or not saying anything and looking yeah. broody as fuck. Yeah, just did nothing for me. And that was a shame because they'd managed to to reboot Daredevil but couldn't manage to reboot her. No. Mm. Um, so, talking of, of that, best villain. <laughs> you just know who mine will be. Well, you know. the, the obvious one is going to be Kingpin. No, mine's not. Yeah, mine's not either. But I would also, I go back to what I mentioned a minute ago, I actually really like Cottonmouth. See, now I did like Cottonmouth, but Kilgrave. Yeah. Mm. Kilgrave. Yeah. Sorry. Don't get me wrong. Wilson Fisk is fantastic in seasons one and three. And yeah, technically Bullseye is the secondary villain. But Kilgrave just stands out so much in that first season. And I, and like, I do I, wonder... I could not wait for him to walk on screen. I yeah. know it's David Tennant, so already I, I love him to bit. But I think the character in general, I couldn't wait for him to come on screen. Yeah. And I do wonder whether that is is helped by the fact that he was really only one in one season. Yeah. And Jessica Jones never found a replacement. Mm. Villain-wise. No, what, once, you've, once you've had a villain played that way by that actor... <laughs> For all that, Once you've gone purple, you never go back. Yeah, basically, you cannot. He's like, um, he's basically that villain you've got to try and live up to, but you probably never ever will. For that specific show, I mean, I don't mean in general. You're yeah. just so good. Yeah, and I and I do think it harmed the show in the end. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. Unfortunately, it did. But. You've got to admit, you could go back and watch that first season on its own yeah. and still enjoy the pants off it. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, kind it's of get, I kind of get the feeling that they probably shouldn't have brought him back. No. If if they if they'd have not had him as a little hallucination in season two, I'd have, I'd have actually been okay with it. But, because I've got that entire first season to remember him with. Yeah. But, oh well. Yeah. It's interesting the way he's received, actually, character, because at the end of the day, he's basically a control freak stalker. Yeah. And yet, because Tennant brings so much of the role, he sort of, everybody kind of loves the, the character. Yeah. Mm. No, definitely. Um, I, I completely agree with what Josh said. He's, he was by far and away <laughs> my favourite. Um, Kingpin never really became that villainous, did he? He just got a bit violent at times. Yeah, he basically just had a couple of tantrums. Yeah. <laughs> and smashed people's heads in with doors. And bought a painting. Yeah. yeah. And, bought, and bought a piece of fair white wallpaper. So the ne- next question is a little bit of a, a different one. It's, it's again character-based, but which character surprised you the most that maybe you oh. didn't think you, you would like or didn't like the actor when they came in? Um, do you know what actually Cottonmouth I know that's probably a strange one to say but I thought oh he's just going to be like the throwaway guy he's going to die in like the first five episodes fair enough he did die halfway through the first season but the guy put that much of an uh, an effort into the performance that he was actually preferred as the villain over the uh, 
the guy who was supposed to be the overarching season one villain. Mm. Now, if that doesn't tell you how shit the final villain was, I don't know what does. No, I agree. I can see why. I didn't know. I didn't really know Mashala Ali at the time. No, I didn't. Um, yeah, actually, I knew him from the 4400. Yeah. Well, it's, um, I, I mean, I suppose it's good in the end that they actually did kill Cottonmouth because now we're getting them as Blade. So. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I don't think it would have made much difference because I don't think the studio and the TV side of things really care about doing that. It's not like it's the first time, is it? Well, yeah, they did it with... Um, Alfred Woodward. Yeah. And uh, t- thingy, she, w- she was the mum in Civil War yes. who talks to Tony. Yeah. yeah. So, so it, it isn't the first time. It's the first time they've gone from TV to the film, though, yeah. Before yeah. it's been the, been the other way around. Tony, how about you? Yeah, well, I'm going to go back to Iron Fist. And you can probably guess what I'm going to say now. It's based around series two. And it's actually the other half of that sibling rivalry. Oh, Ward. Yeah. Ward. I thought it's the actors performance that, that second series. Yeah. That character change and the emotional draw that he gets out of you and the sympathy elicits. I thought was fantastic after he went from being a, just a tool in the first season, a much more sympathetic one in the second series. Yeah. Yeah. Now, weirdly, I'm going for Daddy Meacham. Oh, interesting. I I liked David Wenham. I'd met him um, (coughs) back during the Lord of the Rings craze. Um, So I'd met him good nearly 10 years ago now. In fact, it's more than 10 years ago. Um, And when I saw he was going to be in it, I thought, oh, that's good. I like him. I've seen him in some other stuff. I've seen Van Helsing, obviously. He was in. Uh, yeah. I know a lot of people aren't fans of that film, but I, I still enjoy it. Um, but, yeah, and then when the character started, I was kind of like, oh, God, what the hell's this? Just some rich bloke thinking he can dictate everything. But then when you realise what's actually happening and you slowly learn about what he is throughout the season you kind of understand why he is like he is. And and the fact that he actually does really want to help in the end um, kind of kind of gives you another angle to him. And I, I just really enjoyed the performance from David Wenham. There was an addendum, actually, I wanted to just throw in as well of somebody else that surprised me. Again, from Iron Fist and the character, and that was Typhoid Mary. Yeah. Alice Eve, and I, that's the most gutting thing for me is that we won't get to see any more of that character progression and her performances. Mm. Yeah, I didn't mind Typhoid Mary, actually, I'll give you that. The second season was definitely stronger than the first one. Yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah, I'm the first season, it was, it's so hard to do a character that's just basically supposed to be a white uh, Bruce Lee. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree, and I... I don't know why any of us. I'll make kung fu work. Yeah, I don't know what any of us really expected from it as well. That was the problem. We knew what the character was in the comics and the cartoons, but to portray it in, in live action, and, and that's why I'm, 
I'm having some struggles with Shang-Chi. Is, is that going to go down the same route as this has gone? I know it's a little bit different because he is obviously Asian. Mm. Um, yeah. But are we going to have the same problem as, as we had with Iron Fist that basically he's got a powerful punch and kick? I, I don't know. Um, I don't know whether... I mean, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's good. But the... The, uh, the the fact that it's got the Mandarin and it will just probably sell it straight away. Mm. I mean, even if it is just a kung fu film, but it's done by. I mean, it's it's the thing now that you slap Marvel's name on it, it's gonna make money. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> I do make me wonder whether we'll get to see a nod to the TV characters just in terms of the background now. Now that the shows are finished. I mean, whether, the, I, I, whether, whether the Rand Corporation name will ever pop up in a film or anything now. Or... I mean, I hope so, but... It's, it's, it's going to be hard. Yeah, especially as we know, Foggy has no love for the TV side of things. Mm. He's he's more or less admitted that. Um, but we'll see. As I said, I've got the feeling these things will be written off as what-ifs. Mm, At some maybe, point down yeah. the line. Uh, certainly I can see it with Agency Shield. <coughs> with with what's happened. What if Agent, Car- uh, Agent Coulson never died? Mm. It's fairly easy to write that one off. So. But we'll the see. less said about Agents of Shield, the better, in my opinion. I'm still watching it. Got the finale to watch this week, actually. Oh, God. Stop watching that like halfway through season five because it was just messing with my head. <laughs> so I've got yeah. I've got three more questions left. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this one I'm pretty sure you guys will know where you're going to go with this one. But best fight scene. <laughs> <laughs> how long have we got? <laughs> yeah. How long have we got? Uh, I've got to go with I think probably just because of that. Daredevil corridor scene early on. Yeah. Just because, oh. whoa! You just, oh, what, one take, one take of perfection. <laughs> just beautiful. Yeah. So good. It was cinematic television, yeah. wasn't it, basically? Yeah. It, it was revolutionary because you watch that episode, and I, I know I'm going back to 2015 again here, but I went into <laughs> school and everyone went, did you see that thing with like the big corridor fight scene? And like, everyone's <laughs> jaw just drop going, oh my God, yeah. Yeah. And like, you'd have people like on the phones, like down the side, so the teacher wouldn't see going like, yeah, yeah, here it is. Look, look, God, blimey, look at that. <laughs> yeah. yeah so you're both the going with the same one. With the Lucas Aid slushy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm going different again. And not to be different, this was the one that I'd already picked. But when Frank breaks out and he he just basically goes berserk and walks out covered in blood over his white side. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just for me, just the the pure violence. I can't put it any other way because it is. It's just out and out R-rated violence. Yeah. Um, it was an 80s certificate movie that, on the telly, wasn't it? Rival, the corridor yeah. scene, I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely for me. Uh, I'm I'm going with, with that. Um, last but one. Uh, Favourite season? 
Oh, that's hard. That that's um, going to be a toss-up between two from different two different shows, probably. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's probably the same for me. Uh, and I'm probably going to have to go with Daredevil series one just because it, it, it was, was Daredevil the, the, and it was the just bit, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's oh, a toss-up between that and JJ series one. Yeah, that's what I. I oh. Tony, why are we on the same wavelength? <laughs> That's why we're on here, I think. Yeah. We're supposed to have different views on things. It's not working properly, is yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> it's not happening, Tony. This is not working. <laughs> I'm ending it. We're over. <laughs> I'm taking the dog and getting out well, of here. I'll tell you what, do you want to go with JJ Series 1 just for balance, then? <laughs> yeah, just for balance, I will. Do you know what? My reasoning will be David Tennant. That's why. That's yeah, what my reason will be. <laughs> just because David Tennant and JJ Season 1... That's my favourite season. <laughs> and I'm going with the same one. I'm going with Jessica Jones season one. Yes. Um, just because I felt it was strong villain-wise, obviously. Yeah, great um, The supporting cast were great in that season. Um, less said about later seasons on some of them, the better. Um, <laughs> and, and Kristen was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And we got the Luke Cage that I think we probably deserved in that Yeah, season. Luke Cage was better in JJ than yeah, um, his own show. Than his own show. He was, yeah. sorry. So, Punisher season one probably would have been second for me. Um, yeah. I just sure. like the, I like the, the storyline about, about his wife and the fact that it was yeah. all linked to that. And then, obviously, the fact that it was Billy in the end and we got the introduction of, of Jigsaw at the end. Um, and I, and that kind of leads on to the last question: best series of the of the five plus defenders, obviously. But uh, I'm gonna go mm. with I'm I'm gonna go with Daredevil just because I think it had the best the most amount of good seasons out of all of them. Season one and three are beautiful. Pieces yeah. of television. Yeah. Yeah. Series two is it floundered a little bit, didn't it? Really. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it's it's like you know, like they have this thing in the movies of like sequels are never as good as the original, but then the third mm. one can crawl it back massively. Yeah. Like I think that's what Daredevil did. Yeah. You going with that, um, Tony? Oh, now I'm going to go with Mr. Burnthal's show, just because the two series almost play like one big fucking 18 certificate movie. <laughs> so I'm going to go just with the Punisher. Plus he, plus he kind of steals series two as well of Daredevil. So. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm going to go with Tony. Uh, I think the quality over the two seasons held. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, Punisher was steady. Yeah. In, in, yeah. in quality yeah. over the two years yeah yeah, and it never it never felt like it had a lull in the middle no like some of them did um, and yeah just kept the quality and, and the performances were great the, the refresh of the cast uh, I thought worked really well for season two mm-hmm. um, the new introductions I thought worked really well and, and the fact that yeah. people were worried that they were going to miss certain characters I don't think it did and and I just really enjoyed both seasons. I could I could probably quite happily sit here and watch both of them back to back, and, <laughs> and not have any issues. Whereas a couple of the others, 
I don't think I could sit through them all again. No, I, you'd have to, you'd have to drug me to make me rewatch Iron Fist. You would have to give me some seriously powerful narcotic. You would. It just oh, bored me to death. Now, isn't it interesting that none of us picked anything best from the defenders? Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, I like defenders, but I only liked it when Jessica and Matt Murdoch were in it. Yeah, as the phrase goes, it wasn't as some of the parts, wasn't it? It, it? Yeah, wasn't as good as all those elements should have been. Basically, yeah. it also made it made no sense that. Everybody had been saying, oh, the solo shows have got to be cut to, to less episodes for them to then cut the team-up mover, uh, team-up series to less. And, and for it to actually suffer as a result. Yeah. It? Yeah. Oh. There was too much to fit in. Yeah. yeah. Whereas with the solo shows, you're concentrating on that one main character. You Do put what, four together. A brilliant move, right? Make season, uh, make Defenders a two-part, a big story. But told over two seasons, and then the big cliff, like there's a big cliffhanger right in the middle, which is the end of season one. Problem was they, like they wanted to get more series out, didn't they? The solo yeah, ones. Yeah, that was the thing, wasn't it? But to be fair, I think Defenders was the final nail in the coffin. Oh yeah, because if you can't get a team thing off the ground nowadays, you're buggered. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to know what the viewing figures watching for it was like in the end compared to the others. Yeah, true. Uh, and whether it didn't have so much repeat or... It really does show, though, that how good some of those shows were, that we've we've all kind of picked different things at different times. I know some of us have been similar. Yeah. Mm. Um, but we've all always had not w- one time of all three of us said the same thing. Mm, true. So it just shows you the quality that, that went through them for, for four or five years. Yeah. Just done a bit of googling, and apparently Defenders was the least viewed Marvel Netflix series of all of them. Interesting. There you go. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people binge watched it and told their mates, "Don't bother." Yeah. Yeah. Possible. Very possible. Which I don't blame them for, to be honest. It was a slight waste of time in there. And because it was only eight episodes, it was probably the easiest to binge watch as well, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. So people got a heads up on it. And normally those those eight episode runs work quite well, but it was just mm. too much to, mm. to fit in. If they'd have gone for 10, 12 episodes, they probably could have fitted a lot more in and maybe got a bit of better quality. Yeah, definitely think so. But as we said, we are we are sad that they've gone. Mm. Yep, um, absolutely. And kind of trying to... <laughs> To fill a hole now, because we, we about this time we'd be expecting another season just to be round the corner. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think last year we got one in September. Did we get Luke Cage yeah. season two in September? I think it probably was, yeah. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, a um, bit strange that there isn't, isn't something just round the corner. Um, and without any films as well at the moment, that's the... Yeah. That's the other killer. We've got, as Tony said, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is just finishing up its season. Um, both Runaways and Coke and Dagger are off off the air at the moment. So there isn't actually any Marvel stuff out there at the moment. Yeah. Um, 
just going back to what we said at the top of the show uh, and these sort of these Marvel television shows. See, Jeff Loeb was quoted as saying that they're going to be street level heroes again. Yeah. Yeah. So whether that's going to be reworked ones or, or new ones, it'd be interesting to see what happens with that. Yeah. Well, well, they are. Here's what. Here's a question off me to throw into this little Q and A for you. Um, if you could pick any one of the shows, including Defenders, to become a proper big budget Marvel film, Daredevil. Yeah. That was easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fairly easy for me. It's Punisher. See, I, I'd have... T- tell you what, if they could remake one of the series as a film, obviously they'd have to cut a couple of things out, but if they could, say, like remake Daredevil Season 1 as a film, Jessica Jones Season 1 as a film, Punisher as a film, what would you pick? Punisher Season Daredevil. 1. Daredevil. <laughs> see, I'd go Jessica Jones Season 1 just to see Tennant go full out, like because he'd get a lot more screen time. On, on that note, have either of you seen Good Omens yet? Yes, I haven't. Watch this. So. It's uh, so good. See, I wasn't convinced by it. Uh, well, to be fair, have you read the book? No. Oh, I was going to say because I haven't, so I thought if you have, maybe that's why you might think it's not. No. As good. To be fair, it's not really my thing, but I thought I'm going to watch it. Yeah. But to me, Tennant felt like he was playing Bill Nye. It, it felt like the part was written for Bill Nye 20 years ago. Interesting. See, now, to me, does anyone watch Lucifer? Yes. I do. I'm trying to catch up with it at the minute. Oh, right. Well, I felt like he was trying to play Lucifer. Tom Welling's Lucifer. Not Tom Welling, sorry. Um, Tom, what's his face? The guy who plays Lucifer. Him. <laughs> Can't remember his last name. Ellis. That's it. Tom Ellis. Uh, it, did, yeah. it just felt like he was kind of playing um, Bill Nye from Love Actually at times. Yeah. A little bit too and trying he... to be an, an ageing rock star. Oh, interesting. Well, that's well, very similar to his, to his part in um, the Fright Night remake then as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. He played the magician. Played, yeah, he's played a few characters like that. His, his character in Harry Potter's kind of like oh, that as well. Oh, yeah, Barty Crouch Jr. He's yeah. a creep in. Yeah. Until you realise what he is, but to start with, he does. He feels like he's trying to be a rock star. Mm. Um, nothing but, against Tennant if, at all. If you need oh. any more of, of Mr. Amazing, Mr. Tennant, I think he's got a Netflix show coming up soon as yes, well. Yes, I did. I saw that yeah. the other day. Criminal. Yeah. Yeah. Which he oh just looks God. like his character from Broadchurch. <laughs> it's, it's, it's supposed to be very close. Yeah. To so, but on it a, sounds quite interesting. So I'll probably have a look at that actually. Yeah. Well, on a, on a superhero note, does anyone watch The Boys? No, that's next. No, on my list oh, again. <laughs> you need to watch The Boys. It's so funny. I, over the last week and a half, I watched Good Omens. I rewatched season one of New Girl. Uh, I'm just about to finish season three of Glow. And then The Boys is next. And right. over the same period... I've watched about six episodes of Manifest. That's how much I struggled to catch Manifest, up wow. Well, I'll tell you what, just to say on the part of Good Omens, Carl Urban steals every scene he's in. He is so good, and he calls everyone the C-word at least three times in ten seconds. 
he's just so, got he's just got a bag full of seaweeds and he just throws them out like candy. So that that kind of rounds up our comic book views of the month. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Something a little bit different. Just throwing some yeah. some questions Spend out. Putting us on the spot. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that was that was the idea. Um, no no planning in it. Make make you think a bit about that. it. So yeah, no, I enjoyed it, and it's it's always nice to try something different. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, thank you for listening, guys. We'll be back next month. Uh, the episode will be around the same time next month because I'm around away. The time of D twenty three, I believe, as well, isn't it? Well, that's the end of this month. Ah, uh, so we, oh, there we go then. So, so we'll yeah, be... so that that will probably be what our chats will be about. It'll be be about the move, the Marvel stuff from from Disney. Yeah. Um, that's unveiled then. Uh, and any other bits we can think of. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there'll be some theme park news as well from it regarding the Marvel lands that they're, they're building at the moment that we can we can talk about. Um, cool. As well as the film and TV. Um, as I said, it will be around out around the same time as, as this month because I'm away for the back end of the month. Um, I'm in Paris first. Um, four days later, I fly to Florida. Um, so uh, all have to be done before I go away. So we will be back around the same time next month. Uh, thank you guys for joining me. Right. No problem. As I said, really enjoyable. And, and we'll be back next month. So thank you very much, everyone. All right. Adios, senor. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.